So you ever see that question? Either people will ask you or you, you do it at some kind of networking events and you do it sometimes on the so on, on the social media, right? Like it's about to sound it's about to sound a hundred years old. You do it on the social media. No, but they ask that question like what's the what's the thing someone doesn't know about you? And this is typically my answer because it normally throws people for a loop and it makes like no sense into what they're what we're really doing there. And then I kind of make it make sense a little bit with one of the most important parts of your journey in life and business and relationships and, and whatever. And uh, and I want to tell you that story today. So let's get it. It's the Unleash Your Hustle podcast brought to you by Unleash You Now and hosted by yours truly, Michael Faber. So let's get it. Society is on the back of creators and entrepreneurs. They're the ones that are going to save the world, change the world, and leave it better than they found it. They're willing to risk it all to impact and carve out their piece. Like, who wouldn't love that? But they're being lied to. They're made to believe they need to buy this software, invest in this list, create this site. And they are out before it even started because they're worried about the wrong thing. That's the point of this podcast. To prove that that's not the case because you don't need to because we didn't and we made it. So I did this horrible mistake for the first time. I took this huge jug of water and downed it before I stepped up to the mic. And now my mouth is like watery McWaterson over here. It's like drowning camels in my mouth. Anyway, so the story that I don't know anything about that. To be honest, I don't know why that phrase. I don't, I don't know where that came from. But now I'm going to use that. My mouth's so watery. It's drying camels. Drowning camels. Drying camels. I might say that. That's more ridiculous and more of my style. So here we are. Let's get it. So the story that most people don't know about me. And when they say, what does someone not know about you mostly? I'll say that my ass is lopsided. No, it's true. My ass is lopsided. Uh, why is kind of the interesting part, I guess. And people will normally say, what? Like, why is your ass lopsided? And I say, uh, when I was younger, uh, I was hanging out with a couple of buddies of mine. And there, there was this dog that belonged to one of the families. And the, this kid named Bert, I'm just going to say his first name. This kid named Bert uh, was like poking and progging this dog. And it was a German Shepherd. And. It was like a retired police dog or something, and it was like tied to a tree because back in the day we used to do that, and people wouldn't like freak out about a dog being chained to a tree, even though now people freak out about that thing. But and he was like throwing stuff at it, and like like poking it with twigs and stuff, and and the rest of us were like over near a picnic table, just hanging out and talking, right? And I'm and I'm like seven eight years old, and this is back in the day when like seven eight year olds could hang out outside, and it was okay, right? Like it wasn't always just inside on the screen, like we actually saw the sun and knew what it felt like on our skin. Weird stuff. I know. Just in case you're younger, I, we used to hang out outside. It was weird. And uh, my, my daughter's going to be pissed off about that part, but it's so true if she really looks at it. I don't think she ever goes outside. The, but we're all sitting there, and he's playing with poking. I was about to say playing with this dog, but it was really just harassing this dog. And uh, he's like migrating more towards us, and he's like throwing these, like, I don't know, maybe little acorns at this dog, right? And finally, I guess, uh, through enough determination, that dog decided that he was stronger and more consistent than the chain he was on. And the chain snapped, and this dog came ferociously running at us, which uh, scared the ever-living shit out of me, right? And uh, we all took off running. And I did not know 
the one of the most important phrases of my life now I did not know at the time and that was you didn't have to outrun the dog you just have to outrun someone you were with but the dude Bert that got the dog all riled up he must have knew that line because we were all running and he knocked my hat off my head and like an idiot I went back for the hat right so I, I run back and I was listen I was speedy they used to call me lightning it's because I I was quick to strike or I was fast one or the other and the so I run back, grab my hat, turn around. I'm still ahead of the dog. My foot slips when I turn around, right? Like like almost like I was doing the shuttle run. I grab the eraser and my foot slipped. And you're like, man, I could have had a better time. But anyway, so my foot slips, and the dog catches me. And what he catches is my ass cheek, and he takes a chunk out of my ass, literally chunk, right? Like now my ass is like weird, doesn't catch the toilet seat right. It's like it's awkward. All right. So still to this day, my ass is not. A typical ass, right? When people say I'm not a typical ass, I'm like, you don't have no idea I'm not a typical ass, right? But I'm not a typical ass. I don't have one. And, well, I do have an ass, but it's not typical. And the, what is a typical ass? Good question, right? But, so, I, I'm, my ass is lopsided. And from that point on, I, I, I hate German Shepherds. Hate them with a passion. Devastatingly, hate them. And why do I hate them? Because I fear them. Why? Because it took a chunk of my ass forever. That's why. But it's not the point. Fast forward, right? Like, fast forward almost 30 years. Still hate German Shepherds, right? And uh, for my daughter's 16th birthday, she wants a dog, right? And uh, she's talking about a golden. I was like, oh, that's great. Goldens are like super nice, right? Like, and they retrieve things. Who doesn't want things retrieved, right? The golden retriever, get it? Sorry, I laid really lame jokes, and then I have to explain them, and it makes it even lamer. But uh, one day she's like, "Well, Mum's just going to take me to the pound, SPCA, just to look at dogs, get a better idea what kind of like what a dog I exactly want." But I, I want, I want a gold. This is when I should have known some bullshit was in the air, right? The the, the I was looking to see what type of dog I should have known, right? Like they were secretly trying to get a dog. I should have known. But stupid me, I go, oh, they're just looking at dogs, right? Like people do that. They just go check out the dogs at the SPA to figure out what kind of dog they want. Guess not, right? So anyway, she goes to the SPA and I, and I get a call and they're like, hey, can you come down to the SPCA? We, we have a dog we want you to look at. I'm like, shit. All right. Right? And at that point, I said shit just because I was like, oh, we're going to get it sooner than I thought. That sucks, right? M- m- more shit to clean up. Uh, puppies are messy. Um, food, bills. My daughter doesn't do shit, so it would pretty much fall on other people's laps to do it. Uh, one of those laps might be mine at times, right? So uh, I'm like, oh, here we go, right? So I, uh, I go down to the SPCA, and my daughter's like, come see this dog. I absolutely love it. I want it so bad. I'm like, oh, all right. Right, at that point, I'm like, pretty much we're getting this damn dog, right? Anytime your kid's like, I love it, and I want it so bad. It's like mine. It said my name in spirit world. And I'm like, I don't even know what to say about that, right? Like, what's the argument about what's been said in spirit world? Then if you just say no, then like, no, it hasn't. Then you're like just a hater and a non-believer. And I like try not to be either of those. So uh, just letting you know in little conversations I have in my head, I'm saying them out loud on this, on, on this episode. And believe me, there's a point. And uh, we're walking down, walking down, walking down, and passing all these dogs. And I'm like, Jesus, right? These dogs look like savages. 
right? And like, I'm like, please, God, don't get some crazy dog that's going to rip me apart in the middle of the night because I resemble something he hated, all right? And uh, we hit this door, and I don't see anything but this dog's ears because the ears are just gigantic, right? They're just the biggest freaking ears I've ever seen on any animal, including Dumbo, right? And uh, that should have been his name, her name. But the... But by the ears, I can tell the fur on it that it's a German Shepherd. And my initial instinct is, fuck no. Right? Like, sorry for cursing like that, but it was, that was it. Right? Like, there was, <laughs> I didn't G-rate that. I didn't try to pull, bling that down at all. I wanted full emotion in that phrase. And that's how I felt. I was like, nope. F this. Like, I'm gone. Like, hell no. Hail no. Hail to the no. AT double hockey stick to the nose of nose, right? Like and we do this crazy thing as a family. Like we 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 have a democracy, so we all like let's what do we all think? Right? Like some stupid ass thing, right? That we should have just not did. Should have just had it like a what I say goes in that moment. But uh and of course I'm the only one that says no, right? Because I'm the only one that's like, I fucking hate German shepherds. So needless to say, we get a German Shepherd, right? And Stormy. But this, in, and that's a dog. That's the name of the dog, Stormy. It wasn't like it was Stormy. Uh, the name of the dog is Stormy. And it's a pain in the ass, to be honest with you. But this crazy thing happened because of all this. I had to face my fear. I had to face a German Shepherd every day. I had to face this thing every day. And then what happened was start building a relationship with it. And eh, it's not maybe my favorite cup of tea still, but. I don't have a fear when I look at it. I don't have a fear thinking about it running at me, right? Like, I don't have a fear of playing around with it. My fear is now gone. And what happened was when I faced that fear, it did no longer control me. I control it. It was, I took my power back in that situation, that situation that for 30 years almost controlled me. And why I tell this story and what's the point of it even today and what's the point of it in business and life and anything is that if you don't face that fear, whatever it is, it will control you. Right? Like, it'll run your life. Uh, one of my old homeboys, Willie could tell, right? <coughs> this dude, like, wanted to, like, kill me for a year. Uh, he's, <laughs> seriously, he did want to kill me for a year. This is back in the day stuff. Uh he he was, you know, big and bad, and uh, he worked for a guy I didn't really appreciate, and um, we had some words, and he, he, like, tried to punk me a little bit, and I was like, you know, I'm not going to let that happen, uh, and I kind of suckered him a little bit, not really, I say it wasn't really, he says it was, whatever, and I, I, I gave this dude everything I had, right, like, I swear, I hit this dude maybe harder than I ever hit anybody in my life, and uh, it it didn't even affect him. Right, like uh, this dude just like looked away from the hit and then looked back at me, and that was the moment I realized like I am dead. Right, like this dude's about to freaking kill me, man. And some say I ran from him. I say I was trying to get to the open area of the parking lot to square up, but whatever. Details are details. And uh, he caught me because he's super fast and he was super big. So it was really weird. And he like played football for like East Carolina, uh, East Carolina University. And then 
uh, tried to go pro, and so he was big and fast, and it was uh, it was something I haven't seen, right? Like it was it's not your normal street guy. So uh, he caught me before I get to the open area of the parking lot. That's why it looked like I was running away. But he was so damn strong when he spun me around. I was losing my balance because you know he's strong as shit, and. Uh, I'm falling and he swings and he like barely nicks me, right? Like it doesn't even really hit me. And, uh, but it was like, ooh, right? Like, you know, the, the fans of fights, right? Like <laughs> I always said, don't, like, my brother's taught me a valuable lesson younger. Don't be that guy that oohs and ahs when you're next to a fight because then you're cheerleading a fight and someone might hit you for it. And the, so this happens and he gets on top of me, but he's like, are you, you done? You had enough? And I'm like, yes, because I understand at that moment, that's, this is me saving my life, right? Like he's going to beat me. And it's going to be bad. Like, it's not going to be close. So um, I get to live, which was a great thing. And now, and uh, for like a, so the next day happens and like some of my, my boys come over and they're like, oh my God, we heard this rumor that you got in a fight. Willie could tell, like what the hell? And I didn't have a mark, right? Like, cause I'm like, I told you my shoulder had like scuff marks from a parking lot, right? Like, like the, like the gravel in your shoulder kind of cuts, but you couldn't see that, right? Like, but my face was fine. But good old Willie had a welt from where I hit him. <laughs> right? So my, my guys were like, what happened? Oh, my God. And I did this horrible thing. I said, well, look at him and look at me. I beat his ass. <laughs> and <laughs> it was a horrible mistake, right? So then for literally a year and maybe a little more, maybe a year and two months, I couldn't go anywhere I normally went. I couldn't go to parts of cities I knew he'd be in and I knew his people were in. Right? Like I had to be like one of the most cautious people on earth why because he was gonna kill me because all talk was that i beat him up and uh that is a reputation you don't want to have um if you're in his line of work so it was he had to set it right so for like a year and a half i hid because i was scared shitless and i like how honest i am about these conversations now and uh uh, about a year and two months after, he called me. He goes, I want to meet with you. And I'm like, buddy, I, I've been trying not to meet you for like a year and a year and some, right? Like over a year. And he's like, no, I want to meet you. I want to talk business. And I'm like, yeah, right? Like there's nothing that bad about business I want to meet you with. And he's like, dude, you pick the spot. It can be public. It can be on camera. I don't care. And at that time, not every phone had cameras, right? I don't even know if any phone had a camera. I don't even know if we had phones. And he... uh so I, I picked Applebee's. It was in the mall. It was in the, uh, at that point, it was, we were in Scranton. So it was Dixon City Mall. And it was an Applebee's in there. And why? It's because there was cameras everywhere and, you know, fake security guards everywhere. Don't call them that. They get really upset. But the, uh, the and now I guess they're like real. Like now they like carry weapons and stuff. Someone told me. I was just like, whoa. And <laughs> thank God I'm not young now. Um, but to go to the meeting, I had like four of my buddies drive different cars and every like couple miles we would pull over, every, all of them would pull over on the side of the road and I'd jump in another car. We would all pull over on the side of the road and I'd jump in another car. Why? In case they were following me, they wouldn't know what car I was in to get me. Like this is how nervous I was. And then we had the meeting and it all worked out and we ended up becoming like one, some like for a while there we were like road dogs, best friends. And now time and distance kind of separated us some but we're still cool. So each other uh, like last year at, at a basketball game, right? So, but the, the idea of why I told that story was because, same way on the, the first story, for that year and plus, I let that fear dictate my life. Now, I'm not saying you guys have extreme cases like those, but there are things, and if you don't acknowledge them, they're going to run your life. So it's what fears are you not facing? What fears are dictating your decisions, and are they serving you? Because my, m m they weren't serving me, they were holding me. 
They were holding me back. They were keeping me from things that I could have learned, that I could have experienced, that I could have grew, that I could have had, that I, I, I could have had better relationships. I could, have, I could have had better wealth, better health. Like I could have had these things. I could have had better mindset. I could have found my purpose earlier if I wasn't afraid of all these things, right? If I wasn't living in that fear of that thing. And it's not like afraid of everything, but what are you afraid of? What is a fear? And here's the deal. It's like uh, my daughter just got her COVID test back, right? We were in quarantine for a week before we got the results, right? A little over a week if you count when we were away, but we didn't even know it then. But so it's it's for for like a, a week plus in her head, she was she was sick, right? And every morning, I, oh my god, I don't feel good. Oh my god, I can't eat. Oh my god, I have this. My sore throat. My eyes. Oh my god, my head. Oh my god. All right, and it was. It was her fear of having it that was making her feel like she had it. Test came back negative. Next day, she's fine. Right? She heard her test was negative. Literally within 10 minutes, she was like, oh, my God, I feel so much better. I'm like, you weren't sick. It was your head, you dummy. Right? And we do that. How many times in situations, like you're about to have a meeting with someone or you're about to make this pitch or, right, like you're about to try to sell this product or you're about to go speak on stage or whatever it is. You're about to talk to a client or you're about to run this challenge, whatever it is. And you're letting fear move you and dictate you and push against you when it's like, what is that fear for? What is the worst case? Like a lot of times I'll talk to my people and I'll be like, yo, if this doesn't work, what happens? Right? Like nothing really. Right? (laughs) Uh, One of my buddies just did a free challenge and he was like, what if, you know, what if people don't buy? I'm like, it costs you nothing but a couple hours. Like, you're all right. Keep going. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Try it different. Adjust. Adjust. Pivot. Right? Change. Right? Make it better. Uh, Approach it differently. Right? Like there's a million things. You you take a strategy and the strategy always works. How you implement the strategy is then we have to find tuned to make it where the strategy is perfect right or mastered or whatever you want to call it right so it's these things like stop letting these fears keep you and we all have them so it's how are we going to face them how are we going to recognize them and then how are we going to make it all work for us so it doesn't hold us back so that was the point of this one ended up going longer than i thought it would be but what fears are you caught in because i know now when i start feeling that i have to do it Right, like I start feeling that fear, I got to do it now. Right, and last story, I was a couple a uh, month ago, maybe two. Right? I was I went to a Steve Sims event. It was one of my my first in person events in a while. I wasn't even a speaker. I just went as an attendee because I was like, dude, I miss people. Like, let me go. Like, please let me come. And I found out about it. I think the day before I was supposed to go to it, and it was just like, no, that's cool. Like, I'll I'll still go. I said, okay, if I come, I'll come. Right, and I come, drop two grand, go. Right, get a room. Right, get a food. Right, like, but it's I know that situation that that being engrossed in that right and merged in that will change my life but before it what made me decide to go was i was sitting there with my team and i was just like i don't know man these people really don't know me at all right like they might not be my people right like they might not really give me a shot right like they might never and all that was was my fear of being accepted right or my fear of being rejected right that's all that was that was just doubt fear like and and fear and as soon as I recognized that's what I was feeling, I was like, yeah, I got to go. They're like, what? I'm like, no, I got to go. Like, I have to do this. And they were like, uh, all right. right. Because I I knew that I could not let that fear hold me because I could find excuses then and reasons to have the fear and make it sound legit for myself. So then I could live with the idea that I, you know, let fear talk me out of something. But it's how many times are you letting that do that to you? And 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 is that serving you? And I'm, I'm going to, a safe bet is no. So face your fears, conquer them, live your life. Peace, love, and happiness. 
Unleash Your Hustle podcast brought to you by Unleash You Now and hosted by yours truly, Michael Faber. Let's freaking get it, right? Make this shit amazing. Paint your masterpiece, right? Go live your greatness. Let the world see it. Peace. We out. We out. We out. Thank you so much for listening to the Unleash Your Hustle podcast with Michael Faber brought to you by Unleash You Now, where we want to show the world your greatness.